Hello and welcome to Opening the Gates to More Listings for Estate Agents with me, Simon Gates. I'm delighted to be joined today by Mr. James Cleland. James, thank you very much for joining me. Simon, it's a pleasure. So I just tried about twice before we hit record on pronouncing your name. So did I do it justice there? You did. It's Cleland. I've, I've heard Cleland, Cleland. I've heard it all. You're not that you're not the first person uh, that I've had on this podcast who's got a name that people struggle to pronounce. And does it sometimes make you like memorable to people because they go, oh, yeah, he's the one that I can't pronounce his name. Yeah, 100 percent. Um, I always get, oh, you're the one with the funny name or they you know, generally ask me questions where the name stems from, um, you know, what where the origins of of it are which is Scottish uh obviously I'm half Scottish I'm half Italian um and that's yeah it, it is a conversation starter to be fair okay so you have just started a conversation there so half Scottish half Italian do you speak Italian not an ounce of it um, oh. my, my, my nan tried to teach me when I was young but I just didn't get into it my cousin um he speaks about eight different languages he's got into it that way but no I wish I did and I am it is on the list to start learning it yeah but i don't well i was um the reason i kind of had asked that was uh i wrote down various different goals i wanted to achieve this year and i've hit quite quite a few of them one of the goals was to learn some italian uh okay. and i was on the duolingo app did really well at the start of the year and i think myself and my girlfriend had gone away somewhere i think it was for my birthday and that's the 19th of january so we we're doing really well for about 19 days but then we've gone away missed it for a few days and never returned so it's like not getting to that point of whatever they say about 60-ish days to form a habit we were getting it's, it's the consistency habit. isn't it that, that's that's the key to it yeah exactly um so you're on this podcast because you I, you reached out to me on instagram didn't you you sent me a message saying you just come across a podcast i was like where's this guy been living under a rock or something it's like an amazing podcast and i'm joking um you messaged me on instagram and said just come across the podcast and then we got chatting and i looked at your following and i was like jesus christ like you it looked like you started that instagram account several months ago and you got a few thousand followers on it and i could see that you're again let's talk about consistency you're very consistent on that so i was like this is a guy that needs to come on the, the podcast so yeah to start with how did you this bit of a selfish question but i don't care um, <clears throat> yeah how did you come across the podcast in the first place uh so i think we are connected on linkedin so i saw quite a few bits and bobs that you do i did use home search uh at a previous company as well okay so you know and then that's you popped up everywhere <laughs> just <laughs> kept pop, popping up popping up and everybody else that you know i follow in, in the same industry was would reshare you and comment on your stuff and i thought okay let, let's give this a go and you know jumped on the podcast and yeah it, it I urge most people to go and listen to it you know it's there is little bits of gold in in every single single one and there's always something else that you can learn from and I just thought I think it's something that needs to be done I think as a state agency you know because we don't have qualifications or, or anything else like that um I think it's nice for people to hear from experienced people and take that on board and move forward with it so yeah i think it i think it's a very good post that, you, that you've got not to blow smoke up your ass but yeah it's a it's a good podcast i i, I asked a question self selfishly for a bit of market research but but also secondly that i think you've just explained what again selfishly for me i'm doing some things right and going in the right yep. direction um and then the, the second thing agents listening to this it just goes to show the power of consistency leveraging social media giving out free content of of where it can go 100 percent, and i think that for me that's how social media should be used i see a lot of agents and you look at their social media and it's look at me look at me here's what i've sold i'm going out to this property i'm going to that and in all honesty 99 percent of people do not care what they want is advice it's hints it's tips it's you should be putting things out with no expectation of getting anything in return and automatically you start to get things in return from that it's kind of a bit counterintuitive that way um and that's how 
in, in effect, that's how I grew my social media to, you know, four four thousand or an eight or whatever that it is now. It was posting out. I've not started it for since April, so before you see that, I've had a bit of a revamp on it. Ah, okay. But but there was different things that I would post out. So I had a company called Property Concierges where I dealt with a lot of footballers. Uh, where we were doing all their interior design and we were doing when they moved clubs we would source properties and look at areas for them to move um so that was a big thing that we put out these are the best areas or this is the current trends and the moment for interior design and, and that grew the following quite a lot but then i've gone all in again at the estate agency and again i know the consistency is key with that so it's just building it back up again so on the property uh, concierge thing, I, um, I don't know how much you can you can say on that. Like, is there any like high profile footballers who have given public praise to what you do that you can share who you've worked with? Or um, everything was NDAs. Um, okay, well, I, can, <laughs> I can say majority were Premier League um, players, and most of them were Midlands based. Obviously, where yeah. I'm from, um, and I got with that because. I've not done work for him, so I can tell. I can say one of my friends' uh, cousin is Jack Grealish, and he was at Villa at the time. Um, and another one of my friends is an interior designer, and we we found out that there was a real lack of. I wouldn't say looking after them, but once the contract was signed, that was it. Left to their own devices, and yeah. um, you know some of them didn't even know how to change a light bulb. And most tradesmen knew they were footballers and they would charge ridiculous amounts of money and try and pull the ball over eyes. So I just, the way that I went about that was had a little bit of it in there, but then it was contacting all of the training grounds I was going to and speaking to the player care managers and just getting in the door, yeah. just doing the little simple things. You know, it started off as painting a bedroom, getting someone to do that, and it'd move up to, you know, a one a walk-in wardrobe and everyone wanted to outdo each other and it get further <laughs> further and then it was kitchens and then it was a moving club you know where's the best place for me to go and have a look at and then it was can you sell the property and and things like that um so yeah it, it did escalate quite but i think again covid happened and yeah things <laughs> things changed slightly um and i've gone back into more of the estate agency route to be fair and are you a football fan yourself um I was I'm a Bolton fan um <laughs> and but I think I stopped being so much as a fan and more of a spectator so to say when I got to deal with a lot of people because you have opinions of people when you are a fan yeah, and yeah. it can stop some of your work sometimes yeah is it I, <laughs> if I, you I just I, took a three nil drumming you don't yeah. really want to work <laughs> I, I I um I I uh I asked that because I, I won't be able to say, say names on this, but um, I was showing an ex-Tottenham uh, and England footballer around a house uh, probably 10 years ago uh, and uh, a, a very good footballer. And I remember showing him around the house and I knew who it was who I was going to be showing around. And I was like, this is mental, like, but I'm going to be showing him around this house. And I don't want to come across as uh, a, 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 you know, a football fan. So showing him around, yeah. being professional and all that. And I think my phone case was a Liverpool phone case. I'm a Liverpool football fan, if you're not aware. Yeah. And uh, the guy who I uh, was showing around, he went, shame about, uh, no, so it would have been 24, it would have been the summer of 14, actually. Yeah, summer of 14, because Liverpool just lost the league when Gerard slipped. And he said, oh, shame about last year for, for your lot. And um, sort of started having a chat, and he could tell that I was, like, getting excited. And he said, oh, yeah, I've, I've got a place in my bay. I was chatting with Brendan Rodgers in the summer. Um, and then, you know, a year later, Brendan Rodgers is no longer at Liverpool. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, it was it was interesting to be uh, uh, to be showing him around. But, again, the, the experience I had, I could get where that kind of concierge service would be really helpful because of how busy that footballer was. But and then also probably being nervous about, geeks like me being like oh my god that's a footballer yeah and it you know it's it's having someone that obviously you have to build up the trust and they have to build yeah. up the relationship and when you had somebody like that it was easier for them you know there was no such thing as a stupid question like we always say oh i don't know what how's this work you know, the boiler's gone or anything else like that and sometimes it would just be a phone call just do this just do that but they knew that 
it would be sorted and it wouldn't be charged through the roof to get yeah, it yeah. done. Um, and as I say, that just led on to other things. And we'd helped build portfolios with some of them and, and things like that, because, you know, a lot of footballers end up broke after they finish because yeah. they're not putting in the money in. You know, we're, we're in property ourselves. We know it's probably one of the best places to put your money at the end of the day. I, th- I can't remember what the what the joke used to be, but when Robbie Fowler was playing football, like cause it, uh, his property empire, and th- there was a song that went along the lines of, we all live in Robbie Fowler's house or something. I think he used to buy every week, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, he used to just buy all the time. Um, so I just want to go back over uh, a couple of things uh, you'd said there. It's quite timely. You won't probably see this that well on the screen, and obviously the listeners won't see this. But I had this magazine come through today. Uh, it's called the M- MK Pulse magazine, and 32,000 free copies are delivered door to door. And it's been going since 2009. And it's got some estate agents in their suits. It's got a white move pie chart on it. And it's just saying how they have let more properties than anyone else. But like it's print marketing and it goes back to what you said about value. It's all just uh, what we think of agents. Look at how many houses I've let or how many sales I've agreed. I'm looking at yeah. it going, well, there's no helpful advice on that. There's no call to action. It's print. There could be a QR code that goes through to a digital channel, you know, a, some sort of form to fill in. It's just a, excuse my French, a dick swing contest. So 100%. I'm just not bought into him. And, and that leads nicely into the point you said about values. So I'm just going to read something from my screen, which I saw the other day and, and had to screenshot. So if you create value with no expectation of return, you will experience the greatest returns. Living life as one big transaction with a constant quid pro quo mentality will get you nowhere or at least nowhere worth going. Those who give to others, to the community and to the world with no expectation of return Will always experience the greatest comprehensive returns. One hundred percent, and I think that's the way I've always looked at it. There was it's a book that I read, which was People Over Profit, uh, which is by Dale Partridge, um, and that is such a great book. It it says, you know, stop chasing revenue, start putting the people forward. It breaks down different companies and things like that to actually have a purpose, and you will reap. From just having that purpose and and putting the people forward, and I think that always stuck with me. Um, it, it I, I will read that book probably every every year. Or well, I say read it audio book these days, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I'm I'm not sure if it's one I own or if I bought. So I've just written that down. Um, because if you have listened to many episodes of the podcast, I do buy a lot of books and not read yeah. a lot of them as well. So <laughs> something. I need hence, hence audiobooks <laughs> yeah it, the audio bits exactly well i've got two i've got two books on the go at the moment i'm actually just adding that to my uh amazon list as we speak um i definitely haven't seen that book i don't think but i've got two on the go at the moment uh and uh they're both the alex formosi books um okay. and he's just released one and i don't think it was on amazon but i was really keen to get it and I went onto his website and it's like only available in the US and it was just a ridiculous price to get it shipped over to the UK. I was like, there's no point. But it's like, oh, you can get it on audio. I've never done an audio book. In, uh, sorry, let me start again. wasn't audio. It was Kindle. And I've never read a book on a mobile device or an iPad before. And I went, well, I can buy it here and now and start reading it. So if I'm out and about and I've got five minutes between this and that, I can literally read a few pages of the book. So I've got yeah. one of these books on a go on my phone, iPad, and now I've got the other book in print. And it's been brilliant how many pages I've found myself reading. Um, and it's like invigorated me and got my kind of like excitement back for reading uh, and having those, you know, like that dead time where you might be in a, a shopping center or you're waiting in, in line at a petrol station. There's no phone signal. You can't kind of procrastinate through socials, but I can go on that and literally read a couple of pages. Like I found it really helpful yeah i mean i i used to have a few books in the car uh and you know if i turned up early for evaluation or anything i had a quick three or three minutes or so i might read a couple of pages or, or anything else like that if i had the time um i try not to do too much there because i want if i think there's a lot of trauma porn mm-hmm. uh in terms of the podcast where everything's such a sub story and something like that and i think sometimes that can negatively impact your mood sometimes when you're going into certain places so i try and mix kind of learning with just also just enjoying 
yeah. something you know if it's just a comedy podcast or it's a bit of music or something like that because I think you've got to have that balance instead of just learning all the time yeah and uh, you've got to enjoy yourself as well um but there's there's so many books out there and, and audiobook especially if you haven't got the time you know if you are driving around all day an audiobook is is one of the best ways to to learn and take things on board subconsciously university on wheels as i said 100 percent. it's interesting what you said there because i just think about like my routine when i sit down at my desk in the morning i'll be listening to like kiss or capital i enjoy that kind of music um and i like the 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 DJs like I think they've got good chemistry like Roman Kemp in the morning on Capital or uh, Jordan and Perry on Kiss like I I enjoy it and it 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 makes me smile like starting my day and then as I'm doing like deep work during the day I I'll listen to whatever music it is that gets me in the zone for whatever yeah. I'm doing so like a lot of the data work I do or research I do it's like right put that certain music in the background. Uh, sometimes it can be classical music. My girlfriend is like, what are you doing? But I enjoy a bit of classical music from time to time. Sounds strange to say that. Uh, and then, yeah, when I'm walking the dogs, uh, every day I'm just like, I enjoy one walking the dogs, but and then it's an opportunity to listen to a podcast. Uh, yeah. And then I'll have a podcast on in the car. And then there's other times when, like you said, actually, I'm not in the mood for a podcast. Let's whack some music on or listen to something funny on a uh, on a podcast rather than something that's always learning. So it's finding that balance, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, there is a lot of pressure when you see high performers and things like yeah. that. It's constantly learn, 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 learn and, and do all this when actually take that time out for yourself a little bit. You don't have to be on it all of the time. Um, I think I think Paddy Power's quite one for cut off zones and, and things like that. These are the times that I work and these are the times that I cut off. And, you know, that's what it's about. It is It is about that balance. It can be difficult having a work-life balance, but you've, you've got to find it and you've got to have that enjoyment. If you don't enjoy it, there's just no point. Exactly, 100%. So um, you'd said when you messaged me uh, that you'd come across a podcast, you listened to a couple of episodes. So in terms of the episodes you've listened to, what what have you taken away from the podcast? Over? You did say earlier about some golden nuggets. Um, I think kind of where I'm at I'm not that deep into it I think I'm about 17 or so I think I've just listened to uh, Tanya's um, earlier today I think that's where I'm at now and a lot of it is the same which just shows yeah the, the, the proof in it really that it's you know if we're all doing the same thing then the results will speak for themselves and it most of it is you know it's not about it's not about trying to be number one. It's not about trying to have the best market share or anything else like that. It's actually giving a good service. That is probably the most important thing. At the end of the day, it's it's people's lives that you're dealing with. They're, you know, they're taking the next step or it could be bereavements or anything else. It can be quite a stressful time for people. And if you're just an agent that's just sticking it on because you've got a couple of targets and then you're not bothered, you're moving on to the next one, you're not, you're not really going to get very far at all. Uh, it's all about customer service. It's doing what's right for the client, not for yourself at the end of the day. Um, and that's the way, that's one take I've always I've looked at anyway, but that's one thing that for me keeps popping up again and again. And again, just consistency. You know, if it's door knocking, if it's letters, whatever that it is, it's just consistency. You know, we tend to try things a couple of times and go, well, that's not working. I'm going to move on. But it's, I think, isn't it something like there's six touch points before someone will actually take any action anyway? Yeah. Whereas a lot of us, we, especially in the early days, you want it, you want quick, fast wins when actually it's the long game. You, you think of, I've, I've just mentioned five minutes ago about the book you said, I've literally been able to go onto Amazon whilst we've been on the, on this podcast, press a button to put that into my save list. Now I could have purchased it and it'll be here tomorrow. Like so, I think as a generation or a society, we we just expect things instantly. Again, I could, I could have perhaps before this podcast, I said to you, I'm gonna go, go grab a bite to eat and walk the dogs after this. I could have probably timed it, but I ordered something from Just Eat or Deliveroo as we hit record, and it turns up just as we finish. Like, which we want things so instantly today uh, in life, but I think estate agency is there's a lot of long term gratification because you think about it as well. 
if you get instructed today, typically speaking, you're not going to get paid for six months. Yeah, because it's probably going to take a couple of months to sell on average. I know some will be quite nervous, and it's going to take a few months to go through. So, like, I think we need to kind of appreciate that a bit more. But even when you do get chosen, you're still going to have to wait a while uh, to to get the money in the bank. Definitely, and it, you know, it doesn't end once the sales agreed. The the longest period is from the offer being accepted usually until until yeah. completion, and that's one of the most more stressful times in the actual you know, doing of the viewings and the marketing and everything else, that's because that then becomes real. That's then when issues arise and things like that. And again, if you're just worried about get the sale onto the next one, again, that's where sales fall through and fall through rates start to go through the roof and things like that. So it is, it's a long-term game. If you give that service from start to finish, one, you feel good because, you know, someone's probably going to recommend you and they're going to thank you with, bottle of wine or whatever whatever that it is but then you're going to get the comebacks from that people i went with you know simon gates he was absolutely fantastic from start to finish went above and beyond you know went and dropped my paperwork into the solicitors because they were messing around or or, the little things is is what matters in it as well playing that long game and then you get the repeat business from it they might have family members and and things like that and you end up looking after a a whole family and you you end up potentially becoming part of that family as, as silly as it sounds you know you, you're doing their children's and their children's children's and, and things like that well you then it, I've, I've i've said this on podcast before and you, you're then becoming someone's estate agent like we have i have my accountant i have my plumber i have my mortgage broker in this country i don't think people go my estate agent too much no and again i think that's because of a way state agency is unfortunately you know we're not very very regulated we have a lot of children fresh from school have never dealt with the processes and training is not really provided that much yeah so you know if a lot of people are let down by estate agents and a lot of people it's just about hitting the targets and they'll do whatever they can to hit those targets where for me i think it's just you've got to be honest you've got to be real um, and you've also, obviously, this is called I'm going to get some more listings, but it's got to be the right listings. It's quality over quantity is the way that I see things as well. There's no point having 10 properties on when realistically only three of those are going to sell. You're better off having five that you can sell five and you can work with that person. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And and on um, just going back a step on what you said about end up dealing like with the whole family. I'm just looking at uh, a couple of stats from from my last year in agency. I say this each time I bore people on this podcast with stats, but 26% of the properties I sold in my last year in agency, they've dealt with me before. So and, and that speaks that speaks for itself. I mean, we don't get a lot of repeat business. I think you've mentioned plenty of time the, you know, <laughs> the property that you sold with or go on with somebody yeah. else. Yeah. But for me, that means you haven't made a lasting impression or you haven't kept in touch or yeah. Or anything else like that. Well, here, so here's the other thing on that. So that leads nicely into the next point I was going to say. So the stat is around 80, I think it's 85% of buyers don't go to sell through the station they bought through. And you say about, as you know, you hand them the keys on completion and it's like, see you later. You're thinking they're not going to be, move for half a dozen years plus whatever. I can't earn money from you right now. On to the next thing. Uh, so that's one thing. So agents, if they put it into their CRM of, okay, I'm going to ring them every year as a minimum saying happy anniversary, a bit like getting an MOT on your car or, or the dentist check or whatever. Uh, interestingly, about 31% of the properties I sold, the owner went and bought something else locally through another agent. So if I know they've done business with me before, they are probably not going to sell through the agent they buy through. I know there's 31% of my sellers who've now gone and bought something else. So they are a new, they are another seller for me. So if I'm ringing them on a year after and going, Hey James, happy one year anniversary. And they're like, Oh wow, that's really nice for you. And then they put the phone down and say to their other half, I didn't even buy that through Simon. I bought that through someone else, but they they didn't ring me up and say happy anniversary. So it's like those, again, I love the language you used of lasting impressions. Yeah. um... You know, it, it is just the little things. And as I say, yeah. it's giving without expecting back, just those things. You know, 
giving somebody a call up, up you know because you've got the the cycle of itches haven't you i think it's three years and and five years and then it's something after then it's like 20 years or, or something like that but so on those three years and those five years it's just i've noticed you've been in the house for, for three years do you want an up-to-date valuation or do you want to know how the market's performing at the at the moment or anything else like that not expecting for it to come back on but just to give that advice you know how is the property working for you at the moment does it still work for you does it not is there an you know have you thought about doing this thought about doing that this could add value if you do that if you like where you are location but maybe it just doesn't work size wise because you've got things like that it's it's all those different little things and as you say those little touch points throughout you know the months or the years or have you have you ever heard the thing so tnt so tiny noticeable things um no i haven't actually no so, yeah tnt's i've got written down in my book so it's those tiny noticeable things that can make a difference and like you said leave a lasting impression and uh, i was doing some research earlier and stumbled across a property which weirdly my granddad converted from his old pig farm in the 80s into a barn conversion and it sold for the first time since then last year yeah. and weirdly looking at some research and lo and behold that property had just had planning permission granted for an annex and i was like well that's a great opportunity actually for an estate agent to say look see that you've got got um planning granted for an annex don't know whether you've done it or not but if you are looking to do it you've done it you want to know what impact that could or has had on the value of your home i'd love to have a conversation with you i i do that quite a lot i will go on planning portals local counseling planning portals I will look in for somebody who's put in for an extension or anything else because you go on it, you've got their name, you've got their address, you've got what they're looking to do. And I might just drop them a little letter. Notice you've put in for, you know, an extension. Hope everything goes well. Just wondered, would you like to know what your property would work for the extension just to see if it's financially viable um, or if I can offer you any advice of the best of what people are actually looking for for properties if you are looking to sell on at a later date. And you get loads. You wouldn't believe how many people will go. Well, actually, yeah, I'll uh, yeah. you know I want to see what this is going to be worth. Yeah, I think that's spot on. Uh, absolute gold there. And I hope there's agents listening to this who are writing that down. And they're going to rip off and uh, and duplicate that because that is very <laughs> very good advice. Is there any other little golden nuggets that you've got, like checking the planning portal like that, or or a little or a piece of tech or or a Google Chrome? It's like something that you're using. That's yeah, worth. I mean. I love property log um, because for me, when I write letters, I think a lot of letters are impersonal. Whereas property log, you've got the information of when that property was listed, when it's been reduced, if if the price has gone up for, yeah, for some yeah, reason yeah. and then back down, which is ridiculous. Um, so I would use that to make a, a very personal letter. So, you know, I'll take a, a picture of the front picture of the property and I'll put that on a letter. And then say, you know, I noticed you came on the market at this time and you reduced at this time and things like that. And I've had a look at your marketing and, you know, I think you're lacking here and things on that. And I think, you know, push your agent to do that, not to try and get the listing, but just yeah. to say, well, actually, this guy's taken out time. He's clearly looked at it. He's been looking at my property. He's offered advice. He's not said anything. And at the bottom, I'd just say, if you want any more advice, more than happy, you know, to get to to take a call from you or, or or have a chat to be fair love that and that goes straight back to what we we're discussing earlier creating value adding value don't expect anything in return and you will get it in bucket loads 100 percent. because not only you know if you're giving them hints and tips they'll, they'll hold on to that letter even if they're in a contract you know and they've still got they've just come on and it's they've got another five weeks or ten weeks they'll hold on to that and go well we haven't got this and they might go to their agent are you, are you, can you do this for us yeah yeah we'll do that they never do they yeah. get frustrated with it yeah and then well let's give this guy a call or you know whoever that it is let's get them out and see see actually what they can do and what and what they offer you've you've reminded me and again i'll, I'll lose track i've probably said it on the podcast before but i remember a lady coming into my office several years ago uh and said like evaluation sit down get a drink and ask a few questions turns out they're in a contract for quite a while didn't know they're in a contract for quite a while and I just said look stay have your drink let's look at your listing figure out what can be done and I I recommended you do this 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 anyway I never heard from that lady again but she went on to sell with that agent and actually had made the changes to the listing now months later 
I'm in someone's living room and I say who recommended me and they said whatever the lady's name was I can't remember let's just say it was Barbara Smith uh and I say Barbara Smith because that was like a it was an elderly lady and I just thought that was an elderly name uh so let's just say Barbara Smith and <laughs> I'm like who is that I haven't sold anyone's house called Barbara Smith I'm like and I'm like all right okay I was like oh sorry it doesn't really ring a bell and they're like oh no yeah you didn't sell a house but she said what what an amazing like job you did in saying change these bits and pieces you know and it was simple stuff like being on the right pricing bracket on the portals or you know look at your front image most of right moves traffic's on a mobile device is that really going to look good on a mobile device you know the wheelie bins outside or you know the blinds are shut or whatever it was like little things like that um that that made a difference so it goes back to again what you're saying earlier of you might not do business with that person, but who else are they going to recommend at the school gates or, you know, in the pub or family or friends or work colleagues? There's so many different avenues where they could recommend you. Definitely. And, you know, the, the amount of times you'll go out and you might lose a listing to somebody else, uh, you know, because it's been valued higher or, or something else. And then they won't come back to you because pride is is a thing sometimes. But yeah, I've had it, had it before. I've been recommended by someone who, has gone on with another agent, they've sold, gone, well, actually, you know, they were right in what they said. I wish I would have gone with them. I didn't want to go back. I didn't want to admit it because pride is, for some people, is a bit, you know, the better the devil you know sometimes, so to say. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I think, you know, marketing is one of the biggest things, especially with how the market is transitioning now. I think a lot of agents have gotten very comfortable over the past two years of, Taking a couple of you know, really rubbish photos, sticking it on right move, phone rings, fifteen viewings, it's twenty grand over asking price, and I think that's what it is. Where we're back to old school estate agency now, where you've got to make the property stand out, you've got to draw people into the property. An agent's got to be proactive to sell a property as well, um, and that's again kind of circling back a little bit. I think that's where it comes down to having quality over quantity yeah. if you've got a load of properties on and you can't work with the seller and you think it's overvalued for what they want you're not you're doing them a disservice but you're also doing you a disservice as well so you've made me think of a couple of things then i've been meaning to do this in a post and i still might do or ask it to a guest on the podcast now i joined a golf club just under six months ago it wasn't long after i uh, set up my business um so we're recording this on the final day of august um and i've driven past the same for sale board every time i play golf out outside a house and i play a lot of golf um it says for sale hasn't said sold at any point what's your opinion if if you're a, a, a potential seller is that great brand awareness because you're driving past on the way to work and seeing that brand? Or is it actually doing the opposite because a seller is going to call an agent? It's not very good. They can't sell it. What do you think to that? Exactly that. Yeah. I, I think, you know, if it's been sat there for a long, long time and it's not been sold, I think there's some, first off, you think there's something wrong. You know, is it the property? Is it the way that it's been marketed? Is it the vendor's just been unrealistic? Yeah. In which case, if they're being that unrealistic, why are you even bothering with that property? It's yeah. at the end of the day, in it's unless you, until you sell a property, and it's a it's an expensive asset that you've got yeah. on your books. It's costing you time. It's costing you money. So, yeah, I, I look at that and I think they're either not doing their job or there's something wrong. So, if you're driving past that and you're not that agent, there's something that you can do there. Look, I've drove past every single day. I've saw you've not sold. I've had a look at your marketing. You know, you, you're on a price where you're a second-hand car. You're on a 999. You're not hitting yeah. the pricing points for more people to see or your marketing's rubbish or or just have a, you know, knock on the door and have the conversation. What, how, how have you found things? What's gone wrong? What are you looking to do? What are your next steps? You know, it's you don't necessarily have to slag off the agent, you yeah. know, about it. It's just be honest with them, be truthful, point out things. The, the amount of properties that I see that go online, I think, how has the vendor agreed for that to go live? Has the, you know, has the 
the the agent not sent it for them to sign up and, and things like that. Yeah. It, it, letting them get away with photos which are blurry and yeah. toilet seats are up, the kids still lying in the bed and, and things like that. You just think, how, how do they get away with it? I've, I've literally, if you check my Instagram story uh, later, uh, if you haven't haven't already come across it, uh, I shared something from a right move listing not a million miles away from me. And the main image is of like the living room and the cat's on top of the sofa staring at the camera. It's not like the cat was lying down and the agent might have missed it. The cat is literally staring at them. And then the pricing is the 99p strategy. No, it's not even that. It's on at 377,000. So I've put on like the Instagram story, cat in the photo, and they've put it two grand above a price point. Like that is saying to me, a buyer could ring up inquiring about that house and the agent cops it up royally. So uh, what's the saying? I think it's um, Tom Panos in Australia would say you can have the right buyer in front of the wrong agent. And yeah. I think that is ma that's massive at the moment. Uh, again, we're recording at the end of August and you know, this is a different market to this time a year ago when it was at its peak. So the agent is needed so much more than than a year or two ago, like you were saying a few minutes ago. Yeah, most definitely. And the way that the market, you know, things like virtual tours, you know, virtual tours are proven to get you 5.6% more in price than the same property without one. If you put that on a 200 grand house, that's 11,200 pounds, I think, you know, for a virtual tour, which will take you maybe in an hour to do, but it means you're pre-qualifying your buyers. There's nothing hidden. You're only getting serious buyers through the door with it. And it's not that expensive to, yes, okay, you might have to get a camera, you know, a little 360 camera, but that, again, will make you stand out compared to a lot of other you know, descriptions of an entrance hall lounge kitchen diner it's got a window it's got a radio but it doesn't mention the fact that it's got a self-facing garden that everybody wants yeah. or that it's two minutes down from a school that latest Ofsted port said it was an outstanding school you know it's i think a lot of agents just want to do the bare minimum yeah i i yeah i i i get where you're coming from and i am um, i'm just going to share a couple couple of things for you so there's a right move webinar um done recently uh and you'd like to think that uh agents on a right move webinar are forward thinking open-minded they're growing because they're on a webinar taking time out of day now on that webinar i did a poll of what's your average fee and the it was either below 0 0.75 0 0.75 to 1 1 to 1.5 or over 1.5 now 41 percent of the votes were 1% or less. So 41% of the industry is charging less than 1%. So uh, and I'm, not, I'm not saying this is right or wrong, but if you're looking to do professional photos, drone footage, virtual tour video tour, whatever, um, twilight imagery, uh, all, all these different things, that's going to cost money. And if the agent isn't charging the right sort of fee levels, they're not going to be able to do it, are they? Because their profit margin is so small. 100%. So they'll then, then cut corners, which will impact the, the seller at the end. And, and on that note as well, again, another thing from a uh, right move webinar, I asked a question about marketing budget. So are you looking to increase your marketing budget at the moment to keep it the same or reduce it? 45% said that they were looking to keep their marketing budget the same or reduce it. So let's yeah. call it half. Half industry are going, you know what? Less transactions, bit tough at the moment. Let's just cut back on on that. And, that. and this is the time when you want to be increasing it. <laughs> You've got to be increased. So I'd want to be in that 50. And that 55% that are increasing marketing, their, their market share is going to improve. The ones who are, who are stepping back, they're going to see it's, it. It's the same with the fee as well. It, it's how you put it across. At the end of the day, if someone's 1% and let's say you're 1.5%, well, the difference actually is only 0.5%. So on a property... You know, let's say it's a 300 grand property. What's that? Is it 1500 quid difference? If you if you can't say to that person, look, okay, I'm 1500 quid more, but if I can't negotiate 1500 pounds on your property, then I shouldn't be in this industry anyway. And that's the difference, you know, okay, everyone's charging that, but relatively it's 1500 pounds. 
if you can't negotiate that, you're in the wrong industry anyway. Completely, completely agree with that. It's like if a seller can out negotiate you on your fee, yeah. then again, they should probably be doing the job, not you. Yeah, one hundred percent. You know, it's it doesn't all come down to fee. We we know that. You you know, you could be you're not going to win everything. Yeah. Um, it's sometimes it's just if they get on with you, but yeah i don't agree with the sentiment we can't get that fee in our market or we, or we can't do that you've got to prove the reason you can't get it is because you're not proving why you're worth that fee it's interesting i was having this conversation with, with someone earlier today where it doesn't matter what agent i'm speaking to it could be in birmingham bournemouth newcastle they'll all go yeah agents overvalue and and cheap fees where i am as if it is isolated and it the biggest they are the area that has the biggest challenge when it comes to it. It's like, it's the same everywhere. Like there's always someone who's trying to charge the cheapest. Like, only one person could be the cheapest. And we know there are ones out there who do it for free. So it's kind of like, if you can't, if you can't compete with that, try and go to the other end where you deliver the best service, therefore charge a higher fee for it. Exactly. You know, and if, if you're saying, oh, I've got to charge 0.75, well, Purple Bricks were doing 900 quid. So were you willing it over Purple Bricks? Yeah, we won it over Purple Bricks. Okay. So you can win it over an agent that's charging 0.75% then, can't you? It's it's the same. Absolutely. Spot on. Uh, right. We're coming towards uh, the end of the podcast. Um, yeah. Is there any questions you would like me to ask you that you thought I was going to ask, considering you've listened to a few episodes? Were you like prepped, like you had some notes, like he's going to ask me this? No, not not really, uh, because I've noticed you've changed your questions. <laughs> I know if you want to keep people on their toes a little bit to, to stop them from prepping. I mean, I know you've asked the questions about favourite films and quotes and, and advices, um, but I came this wanting to be on the spot, the first thing that comes to mind, to be honest with you. Well, I said I, this is the first time we've ever spoken, isn't it? Apart from obviously yeah. sharing a message on Instagram, I said to you before we hit record. Not in a rude way. I'm not going to chat you too much before we hit record. So I want it to come come across uh, uh, authentic, uh, which I hope it has. Um, I've certainly enjoyed yeah. the conversation. So, uh, right, penultimate question. Yeah. We're going to take you to Newport Pagnell. You're setting up as an estate agent tomorrow here. Yeah. What's, what are the, I, you might have mentioned some of this already, but what, what are the first things you're doing where no one knows who you are? You haven't got those few thousand social media followers. What, what are you doing to, to try and drum up business? Um, so you don't need the followers to put out the content. Love that. That is, that is, I love that. I think, I think when me and you spoke as well, so it's a lot of people are vanity metrics as well. It's not about the engagement that you get. A lot of people that I get have never, ever engaged with one of my posts at all. Um, and I'll get messages from them. Oh, love this like this like that so you know you don't need the followers to put out content the right content will find its way out there anyway but you can still push that content without having the followers so you know qr codes went down the pan until covid happened and everyone started to use qr codes so if you're out door knocking or you're out leaving letters put a qr code on it yeah someone someone will see that content it's cost you nothing um and again, that's how you can build up your following and you can build it up. But content is free to put up. It, it doesn't cost anything. And, you know, there's nothing to stop you, especially on Instagram. You can sponsor them to be in front of the right people. You don't have to be globally. You can put in that local area, which will cost you a lot less money than if you're trying to push it, you know, nationwide. Um, I just, yeah, just be resilient just offer advice don't expect anything back i think a lot of people have said you know get in with the local communities as well get yourself in there understand is there something that the community needs which i, I don't know if anybody spoke about but does the community need something yeah. is there a lack of something that you can then help and provide with is it you go and volunteer at a soup kitchen or, or anything else like that not expecting the return and again it's kind of karma in a sense, isn't it? It, yeah, yeah. it comes back. When you said um, you don't need followers to put out content, I, I scribbled that down in, in my in my notepad because I 
that's just so true. I think that will hit a lot of agents right between the eyes and go, do you know what? I, I don't need followers. And actually, if you put content out, the followers will come. And not only that, if you're scared of putting content out, content out, the best time to put content out is when you haven't got followers because yeah, you get yeah. more confident <laughs> you get yeah. and you get better at it. So when you start to build your followers up, your content is better and you've perfected different things and you've changed things. And what, I mean, one question I'll, you might have asked is prop tech is there's a thing called teleprompter. So oh, if you teleprompter, yeah, so oh, if right. you are, if you are recording videos, instead of waffling, you can just read it <laughs> and it's there and it yeah. looks like you're looking at the camera and you don't have to um, ah, or anything else like that. It's yeah. there in front of you. There you go. That's a, that is a great shout. Um, so just on that, so there's two things I, I want to just cover off on, on what you'd said. One, about community. Uh, and I'd been thinking about this because I uh, every August bank holiday in the village where I grew up, they have a cricket tournament and it's to raise yeah. funds for the village. That cricket tournament has been going longer than I think my dad has been born and he was born in 1960. So it's been going a long time. Uh, and I've, I have actually won that trophy a few times. I won it on Monday, by the way, just thought I'd put that in there. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. <laughs> and my body still aches from it because uh, I don't really play cricket anymore. But on that day, the reason I'm sharing this is that that tournament raised £1,529 for the village playground. And uh, they basically said this could not have been done without the help and support of many. A gigantic thank you goes to... Uh, everyone that made the day a success from preparing the wicket, pitch, setting up, shopping, lending, scoring, umpiring, commentating, barbecuing, baking, serving behind the bar, first aiding, uh, competing, spectating, eating, drinking, clearing up. And I read that on uh, in the village Facebook group uh, the other day, and I was like, that was such a good opportunity for a local estate agent, not not in a, a you know in a commercial like purposely doing commercially but sponsoring that event or being behind the barbecue or at the bar or putting a team in washing the whites after <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you exactly. know something something yeah. silly yeah <laughs> but like there, there was such good opportunity there so i just just wanted to share that and then just before we move on to the final question you mentioned qr codes on print marketing so yeah. where would you if someone if i'm scanning something of yours where's where's that qr code taking me to what what would you suggest so I actually use something called Popple. So on there, it has my video from YouTube, to what tell, which basically tells you who I am, what I do. It's got, you know, a bit of the most, it's a little two-minute video just showing people what I am, uh, what I do. It's got my phone number, my WhatsApp, and things like that. So if you don't know about me, if I'm sitting, you know, cold calling you, straight away you're going to get, a video which tells you all about me and you will know me straight away and then the rest the rest is up to them and on my letterhead i actually have that qr code on each page at the very very bottom and it says just says scan to find out more about me see that's a key thing there if i've seen a lot of letters where fair play they've put a qr code on it does anyone know that's a qr code because it could look like a, a barcode from the the letter provider or something so you do need to literally put like an arrow or say scan me and this is what you get from scanning me to make it easy to people yeah most definitely and you can do so much with a qr code you know you can record a video specifically for that property hi hi mr you know hi 32 ladbrook gray whatever that it is i've noticed you're on the market qr code they can scan that and effectively you're in their house without being in their house love that yeah you know, it's, it's that's always another great different. line from you there, James. You've come out some killers. <laughs> Love that. Um, I'm just quickly writing back about stealing that. Um, right. So, final question. Um, I don't think you've got far enough into the podcast uh, to know what I'm doing now as a final question, but uh, I'm a big fan of the Diary of a CEO uh, with Stephen Bartlett. Okay. And yeah. I've gone and purchased his conversation cards. Right. So, okay. You're now going to get an utterly random question to end with. Let's go. And let's see what it is. Uh, oh, so this was so the question was asked by Greg Hoffman, who I think was like 
the chief marketing officer at Nike, I think. And it was answered by Chris Voss, the uh, author yeah. of Never Forget Different. So you've got two huge, huge people there. Um, okay, it's quite a deep personal question. Um, so let's see how we go to end this, James. Okay. <laughs> is, there, is there someone in your life that really needs your help, but you are unsure of how to help them? Um, yes and no is the honest answer. My mother has uh, dementia and Alzheimer's. Okay. So uh, she's recently just came out of hospital after being sectioned. So it's understanding how I can help um, without causing any. It's a difficult thing to go through. Um, and it's a difficult one to know how to respond and how to act. It can be very, very frustrating. But, you know, it's not their fault. Yeah. So it's just, it's trying out how to help them, but also letting them be themselves as well. I don't know if that answers the question. No, it, for. It, it does. And I had no idea what you, you know, what you were going to answer uh, with, with that question. Because like I said, it's a, a very personal question. And I want to say thank you for being so like open and honest with, with that answer. I think that's showing a, a massive level of vulnerability um and i think it, it just sums up the podcast perfectly in what you said early on in terms of like adding value without expecting anything in return like yeah. just being yourself and, and and really trying to help people so i i think that's a a very poetic way to end the podcast so um yeah everyone listening if you want to reach out uh to james to chat for any points that he's discussing the podcast i'm sure he'd be uh he'd be open to it uh yeah, more, more, more than happy to discuss anything with anyone brilliant thank you james and everyone listening please do like review subscribe share follow all those different things you're supposed to do on this podcast um and once again james thank you very much for being an amazing guest i really appreciate it simon it was an absolute pleasure